Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. If, if you've been here for the last couple weeks or if you're, you're new, um, we are doing something as a church uh, where we are focusing on reading, studying, hearing for the Lord from one chapter from the book of Mark at a week. So uh, as a staff, we're just so excited that uh, our whole church, that I'm not hearing from God, but we're hearing from God. What is the Lord not just speaking to me, but what is the Lord speaking to us? So if we're, we have devotional content on our website, all of our groups, we're talking about the same chapter, one chapter a week uh, through the book of Mark. And this week, we're in chapter number six. So that's your homework. You should be reading chapter number six this week. Uh, you know, in, your, in our small groups, we're talking about it. You should be checking out the devotionals on the website. So uh, when I was young, I'm talking five, six, seven, my parents had something delivered to our house. You may or may not have heard of it. It was called a newspaper. And uh, Saturday and Sunday, my parents would spend the morning reading through the newspaper. I didn't care about the newspaper. I just wanted to read the comics, which came. Uh, but uh, as I got a little bit older, uh, my parents started watching the news at like five or six o'clock at night. It was like an event. You know, you get home from work what has happened in the world today? I need to know. So I watched the news. And then a little bit later, we changed this thing where the news was on 24-7. And it just became background noise at that point in time. Uh, and so when uh, my uncle a few years ago asked me, where do I get my news? And I go, I don't know, Facebook, you know. Uh, and, uh, and now we even have something called fake news, you know. So the news is not as important as it used to be. And nowadays, most of the news that we, that we read on Facebook is just a headline because they want my click. They want me to go through. Clickbait is what we call it. Uh, there's some uh, clickbait headlines that have gotten me pretty recently. These 10 Netflix shows are canceled immediately. Oh, I got to know. You won't believe what these stars or your favorite childhood movies are up to. I, I mean, I got to know. I got to know. And then sometimes, you know, the, this person came home and what happened next will blow your mind. It didn't. <laughs> All it is is a headline. But the real story is in the body. The real story is in the text. So if we were going to have a headline about our message today... It would be, Jesus doesn't heal. Jesus doesn't heal. The primary ministry of Jesus when he was on earth was to heal the sick. Do you know why that is? Because everyone is either sick, they know somebody who's sick, they've dealt with sickness. It's a totally relatable topic. Anybody knows sickness. But that wasn't the end goal of Jesus's ministry. It was just what he used to build a bridge so that he could share the gospel of the kingdom of God. So when we get 
to the headline of our story and we say, Jesus doesn't heal, that draws our attention. Wait, I thought that was Jesus's primary ministry. I thought that's what he did. But you have to read the story to understand what happened behind it. So we're in Mark chapter 6, verse 1. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them and he marveled Jesus marveled because of their unbelief Jesus said a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown among his relatives so about four years ago uh, I took my wife back to where I'm from in Alabama to meet my family we were not married at this time we were engaged uh, and I'm a transplant, not a native Texan, but uh, they had not had an opportunity to meet her yet. So I took her back to go meet my family. Not like they were going to change my mind about her, but, you know, I was still uh, pretty concerned that she was going to change her mind after meeting my family. Uh, but I knew that they were going to bring up this one story, and I really didn't want them to bring it up, right? So when I was four years, four years old... We, uh, I was on it with my aunt, and we stopped at this place called Hardee's. Do you guys know what Hardee's is? It's also known as Carl's Jr. Well, back in the day, they used to sell these big cookies at Hardee's, and I'm talking like big, big old cookie, right? And my aunt stopped and got me a big cookie. I'm four years old, okay? Did I say that? I'm four years old. And she broke the cookie in half and gave me half of it. And for the next two hours, I cried, you broke my cookie. Why does Charlotte need to know that story? I, 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 don't, I don't know. How does, how, does that, how does that let her understand who I am? It, it was 30 years ago. <laughs> but our families don't necessarily always give us the respect that we deserve. My percep- the perception that my family has of me and the perception that you have of me are quite different. And it borders on the lack of honor at times, but it's not they're intentionally dishonoring. It's just out of familiarity. They know me so well. I changed your diapers. I heard you cry for two hours about a cookie. And that's what Jesus experienced when he went to his hometown. People looked at him and said, isn't this Mary's son? What are the works? I mean, who is this guy? He didn't get the honor that he deserved. So what is honor? How do we define honor? Honor is to hold someone or something in high esteem or great regard. 
Well, when Jesus went home, they didn't hold him in high esteem. They didn't look at him as a great, in great regard. But why was Jesus deserving of honor? Well, there's three important things that, that it was. Number one, he was a person, and people are deserving of honor. Number two, he was God, and God is deserving of honor. And number three is he did some really incredible things, but that didn't matter at all to them. He was a prophet without honor. He was not able to do any healings. His primary ministry didn't go forth in his hometown. Well, I want to see healings. I, I, wanna, I want Jesus' ministry to continue today here at Overflow Church. And so I think that we can learn three very important things as to what we need to do in order to see healing from this story. First is we need to honor people. Second, we need to honor the Lord. And thirdly, we need to be trying to reproduce those works. So let's talk about those things. First, we honor people. The people in Jesus' hometown made fun of him. They were too familiar with him to believe that he deserved honor. So if you've been through the deeper class here at Overflow Church, um, you've heard a saying that we have. And if you haven't been through the deeper class at Overflow Church, you should go through the deeper class. Uh, but uh, we have a value at our church, and that value is we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. And so what does that mean? Well, it means that no matter who we come in contact with, we seek to honor that person. We seek out ways to honor that person. So honoring up, who is up? Well, our parents, our pastors, our leaders, our bosses, our governmental leaders. We seek to honor those people. We honor our parents. It says in Deuteronomy 5.16, it says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that, your Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you. And then it says again in Exodus 20, verse 12. It's so good he said it twice. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land your, the Lord your God is given you. You want to live a long life? Honor your parents. Honor your parents. When I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, I thought my parents' main job was to be an ATM and to be the no-fun police. But... I really wish that I would have listened to some of the things that my parents have told me. I would have saved myself so much trouble, so much frustration, had I just listened to them. You see, parents are given to us by God to help us, to raise us, to build us up. And I understand not everybody has awesome parents, but that's not the only parents that you have in your, la in your life. Coaches, teachers, those mother and father figures, they're there to help build you up. And if you want to live a long life, then you need to honor them. You need to look to them and seek ways to honor them. And uh, so I just say this because my mom's watching. Mom, I'm sorry that I, that I make fun of you from time to time, but uh, I'm sorry. That's not honoring. I apologize. 
So we honor our parents, but we also honor our pastors. It says in 1 Timothy 5.17, it says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Let me tell you something about our pastors, okay? Pastor Josh works full-time at the church. He oversees the mission in Haiti. He uh, has four kids, helps run the household, you know, maintains. He's the, he's the main maintenance guy at the church, but that's not all he does. He also runs his own business. Why, why does Pastor Josh run a graphic design business? Is it just because he loves being a graphic designer so much? He does love it, but, uh, but no, that's not the reason. The reason that he does that is so that the provision for his family is not a burden on the church budget. You see, most church plants fail because they have to pay the pastor and they can't sustain it. Pastor Leslie, she is an author. She uh, raises four kids. She's a homeschool teacher. Uh, She works for the church. Uh, And let me tell you something. They may draw a little bit of income from the church, but it's not something substantial. They cannot support their family on it, but they do it so that you and I could gather together and encounter the reality of Jesus together. They left their family in West Texas. I got it wrong for service. They left their family in West Texas to come here to the Metroplex so that on October 11th, 2020, we could come together, gather together, and encounter the reality of Jesus together. They're worthy of honor. And yes. Don't let your familiarity with them deny them of the honor that they're due. Refer to your pastors as pastor, Pastor Josh, Pastor Leslie. Another way that you can honor your pastors is when they're up here preaching is that you give them your attention. The memes will still be funny after church. The Facebook notification will still be there after church. Give them your focus. Pastor Josh gives a lot of his time to prepare a message. I know I had to prepare a message this week. It takes a lot of time, you know, and so give him the honor that he's due by paying attention. So we honor our parents, we honor our pastors, but we also honor our governmental leaders. Ooh, I know it's difficult, but it's biblical. In Romans 13, verse 1 and 2, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. I know you think that our leaders are really hard to be under, but let me tell you, the people that Paul was writing to, the leaders that they were under was way worse. Something that that is so common to us, such as gathering for church, it's so common that we can put it off at times. Oh, I don't feel like going this morning. For them, it was the risk of death to go. And Paul said, honor the leaders that are putting these policies into place. You know, we're not facing persecution. Government saying that we can't sing in church is not persecution. Persecution is the risk of being crucified, the risk of being boiled alive because you're gathering together to worship God. So we need to honor our leaders. Now, that doesn't mean that you got to agree with everything that they say. 
doesn't mean that you have to agree with every law that they put into place. Honoring does not mean agreement. But it does mean that you should honor their position. And yes, that includes what you post on Facebook about them. And you might say, but they don't have the same morals that I do. How can I honor somebody? Well, let me educate you. You cannot legislate morality. It's been tried. God put all these laws in place to help people stay moral, and they were still immoral. The only way to get morality is to have the spirit of the living God inside of you. You should absolutely vote with somebody who aligns with your values. Absolutely. But if they don't win, then the other person is still your leader and they deserve your respect and honor. So we honor our, honor our parents, we honor our pastors, we honor our leaders, we honor our bosses, honor our teachers. I used to be a teacher's assistant at a college campus and, and I would say, hey, if you honor my time by being here on time, I'll honor your time by letting you go on time, right? Honor up. But we also honor down. Now, we're in, a, we're in a country where everybody is kind of like on a level paying, playing field almost. So you might say, well, how, who's below me? Well, just by what you have, there are people below you. If you have a place to live, then just by having that, the, the homeless person on the side of the street is below you. But that doesn't mean that we don't honor that person. And Jesus was awesome at this. We're gonna, I want to talk about a story that's very familiar to us here at Overflow Church. We've talked about it a lot. Um, it's found in John chapter 4. And uh, it's about Jesus honoring somebody down below him. So in Middle Eastern culture, the well was where people came and got water. Like when I was growing up, where you came and got water was the hose pipe, you know. But, uh, but the well was where people came to get water. It was a gathering place. So they'd come and they'd talk there. But it's the Middle East and it's hot. It's like Texas in August hot. So you go in the morning. You don't go in the middle of the day when the sun's right over you. But here we have a story of Jesus arriving at the well in the middle of the day. Starting in verse 6. says, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, midday, high noon. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So why was this woman below Jesus? Well, first, Jesus was a Jewish man and in their culture, men don't just strike up conversation with women. Aren't you glad that you can just have a conversation with whoever you want? Secondly, this woman was obviously something was wrong with her. She's coming to get water at midday, right? Uh, she doesn't want all the other ladies don't want her around her. So why would Jesus want her around him? And finally, this woman was a Samaritan. If you think that racism is a problem in our country, which it is, Racism, racism was a big problem in their country. The Israelites looked at Samaritans as dogs and said it to their face. But that didn't stop Jesus. That didn't stop Jesus from reaching out to this woman and honoring her by striking up a conversation. 
And yes, the conversation was difficult. Yeah, it was a difficult conversation. But a miracle happened because Jesus was willing to speak to her. Sometimes honoring down is something as little as striking up a conversation. So we honor up, we honor down, and we honor all around. All, not, not some, all of Jesus' miracles came from him providing for somebody else. The, the loaves and the fishes where he multiplied that, the Bible doesn't even say that Jesus ate any of it. It was for all those people. Turning the wine into uh, the water into wine at the party was not because Jesus wanted the party to be lit. No, it was to provide for that family. Jesus dying on a cross was not for him. Ooh, that was for us. Mm. Jesus understood that his miracles were for the people that he came in contact with, not just for himself. Let me ask you something, and I hope this challenges you. If all of your prayers got answered today, who would benefit? If all your prayers, your whole prayer list got answered today, who would be the beneficiary of that? Just you or other people? I encourage you guys, pray unselfishly. Live your life unselfishly, and you will be blessed in your generosity. About two years ago, Charlotte and I decided that we wanted to move out of our one-bedroom apartment where we've been sharing the apartment with a dog ever since we've been married, and we wanted to move into a house. Now, it's just, not just because living in a one-bedroom apartment is awful, which it is, but it's also because we wanted to have a space that we could open up our home. If anybody needed a place to live, we wanted to be available. We felt like the Lord was talking to us. And so we decided that on a Saturday night, our lease was going to be up in two months that we were going to look for a home to move into. We said, and we're going to, it's going to take faith because the bill, we're not making quite enough money to cover everything. So it's going to take faith. And we still had other goals. We still wanted to pay off debt. You know, we still wanted to, to be debt free. But we said, God, we want to be available. And the very next day, we heard about a young lady who was needing a place to move into so that she could get back on her feet. If you're available, God will use your availability. I guarantee it. And so we got into this new place. We, uh, you know, we had her move in. She was paying some. I mean, it was not a lot of money. Our ultimate goal was to help her get on her feet. But the Lord blessed us financially because of that. I mean, not only were we paying off everything, you know, pay, paying our bills comfortably, but we're also able to get out of debt. And, and you know, right now, Charlotte and I are debt free. And I feel like a, a lot of it. Thank you. But I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I say that to encourage you guys that if you will live unselfishly, God will bless you in your generosity. So before we move on, I want to leave you with one last thought about honoring people. We don't necessarily honor people because they are honorable. We honor people because we're honorable. I honor people because I'm honorable, not because that person has done anything deserving of honor in my life. In the kingdom, our authority will never go past their ability to honor people.
And I want authority. I want to see people healed. And so you're not going to see healings without honoring people. So the next thing that we need to make sure that we're doing in order to see healing happen is we have to honor the Lord. See, the people in Jesus' hometown, they didn't honor him as God. They mocked his teaching. But because of that, they also didn't see the miracles that Jesus had to offer them. So how do we honor the Lord? Well, we can recognize what the Lord has done. Think about any like um, award ceremony where they're honoring somebody, right? They, they come in and they generally, they read off a list of all this person's accomplishments, right? How many times have you just opened your Bible and just read it as this is what the Lord has accomplished? Let me tell you something. Don't read Genesis like we do in children's church where it's just a story. Read Genesis and look at it. God was uncreated and he spoke the world into existence. And then he reached down with his own hands and he formed man out of the dirt and he breathed his own spirit inside. It's a whole different perspective when you look at it like that. Recognize what the Lord has done. I used to lead a prayer meeting uh, on the Bible college I was at, and it was to help people learn how to pray in public, but we were also, also praying, and we would spend the first five or ten minutes just honoring the Lord. What does the Bible say about God? If you read it like that, it becomes exciting. But it's not just something that's talked about. What has God done for you personally? So you may or may not know my story. I don't know how because I talk about it all the time. I talk about myself way too much. But 10, 11 years ago, I was a hopeless drug addict. I was a junkie. I was about to go to prison. The judge was done with me. But God, ooh, he came in and he rescued me and he set me free of all that garbage. And sometimes I just sit before the Lord and I just say, thank you, God. Thank you that I'm not a slave to a drug anymore. What has God done for you personally? Don't let it be so familiar that you don't give the honor that it's due. And if God has never done anything for you, the fact that he died on a cross and saved you is enough. So we honor the Lord by recognizing what the Lord has done, but we also honor the Lord by spending time with him. So if I was going to invite you over to my house and I want to honor you, I wanted to feed you and everything like that, I wouldn't invite you over and then go to my little back room where I watch NASCAR at, right? No, I would give you that face time. One of my greatest regrets in life is a couple years ago, Charlotte and I went to go visit some of our best friends in Kansas City. And um, on, in the airport, before we got on the airplane, I downloaded a stupid game called Best Fiends on my phone to play on the plane. The whole weekend I was out there with my friends, I was this, the whole weekend. And when I got home, I turned to Charlotte and I said, I'm so stupid went out there to visit with my friends and this stupid game took my attention. 
How often do we do that with the Lord? How often do I wake up and I check and see what happened overnight? Nothing happened. Instead of checking in with the Lord, saying, good morning, Lord. God wants our FaceTime. He wants us to spend time with him. When we get to heaven, we're not going to go, oh, I'm so glad I got to watch The Office one last time. It was my seventh watch through, but one last time before they took it off of Netflix. I'm so glad. No, we're going to get to heaven and say, I'm so glad that I spent time knowing the Lord. Spend time with him. And the last thing that we do to honor the Lord is we don't do the things that separate us from God. 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. One thing that we have, that we have gotten right in our charismatic church, yes, we are a charismatic church, one thing that we have gotten right in this circle is the fact that we know that salvation comes through faith in God, and that's it. It's not by my own works. It's not me living up to a standard. My salvation comes from my faith in Jesus. That is 100% right. But we tend to stop there. And we go, oh, thank God for grace. Now I can just go do whatever I want, you know. But let me tell you what grace is. I define grace as divine enablement. Something that enables me to live my life above sin. It enables me to remove those things out of my life that separates me from God. And it's also something that when I mess up, which I do, it's the grace that allows me to come back to the Father and say, God, I blew it. That was dumb. So if you, if you don't take anything away from what I say today... I would encourage you, remove one thing out of your life that separates you from God. Whether that's five minutes on Facebook, a TV show that you know isn't really, it's not really honoring the Lord watching that. What's one thing that you can remove out of your life that separates you from God? And watch the Lord move. So we honor people and we honor the Lord. And I want to read you an, another story from the same chapter of Mark. It's still Mark chapter 6, but I want you to hear the difference between where we started to where we're finishing. Mark 6, verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him. Hey, it's that Jesus guy. And ran about the whole region. And began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. You see the honor? You see how they honored him as a person? Hey, it's that Jesus guy. But they also honored him as God. Hey, it's him. And then they honored the works that he did. Look, he's healing all these people. That's how we need to respect. That's how we need to approach the Lord. Don't let our familiarity help deny us the honor 
that the Lord deserves. So the last thing that we need to do in order to see healing, because that's our ultimate goal, we want to continue the ministry of Jesus. We have to be willing to be the one to reproduce those works. John 14, Jesus himself says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. We're never gonna see healing unless we allow ourselves to be the vessel that healing moves through. Unless we just say, God, I just have a yes. Move through me. So we're gonna have some ministry time today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be praying for us, but it's really an opportunity for us all to have face time with the Lord today. So I, the way that I think about it, we're praying for our hearts. I wanna put my hand over my heart. And everybody, if you could just close your eyes. This is your opportunity to have face time with Jesus. This is your opportunity to, to come and, and honor the Lord. Jesus, oh, you're so wonderful. You're the uncreated creator. You hang, you hung the moon and the sun in the sky, but you looked at me and I was important enough for you to die for. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just repent of the times where I've been too familiar with you. And I've not given you the honor that you deserve. You're so worthy of honor. You're so worthy of honor. Lord, help me to remove the things in my life that are separating me from you. What is it? What's keeping me from having more of you? What's keeping me from the greater measure, Lord? What is it? Lord, I need that grace to remove it. I need that divine enablement to remove it. Father, we just invite you to be a part of our life. So if we want to see healing, we have to be willing to be the people that healing is moving through. So if you need healing today, I encourage you to step out in faith and allow one of us to pray for you to see healing. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. It's an invitation from the Lord to come and to receive healing. 